and it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for uh, how you've opened up your hearts to our students as you prayed with them each Friday for the last several months. And uh, we have just really enjoyed this uh, partnership, as uh, Stephen mentioned. And really, um, we want to spend some good time in prayer today. So I'm going to invite you, if you if you can, to open up to Psalm 100. And I'd like to give a little devotional here today from this psalm. It's been encouraging in my own heart, looking at it um, this past week and thinking about it, even with the with the um, our Thanksgiving theme this week that we've had. I want to read the psalm and then just kind of talk through it a little bit to prepare us for prayer before the Lord. And so you can follow along as I read. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who hath made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Of course, this is poetry and poetry typically has stanzas. And this Particular psalm, although short with five verses, has four stanzas. The first two verses is stanza one, stanza three, four, and five are the remaining three stanzas of the psalm. And two of these stanzas, when you look at them, are very similar. And the other two are also very similar. If you look down at the text, verses one and two and verse four are actually very similar. Those are two different stanzas, stanza one and stanza three. And they are an invitation. They are a call to praise and worship of our great God. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Or verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And that's the summons that we have even today as we go before him in prayer. We have a merciful, high, um, great Savior and Jesus Christ who sits on his right-hand side making intercession for us. And it says, make a joyful noise to him. And if you notice that first line, it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. That's the actual name of God, Yahweh or Jehovah, we might say. And the recipient of this line, this command, is all the earth. So it could actually read this way, make a joyful noise to the Lord, to Yahweh, all the earth, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. All the earth come into his presence with singing. And so you have this invitation to all the peoples of the earth to come before Jehovah God. And what you'll find then is in stanza two and in stanza four, you'll have causes for or reasons why we should do this. So in, stand, in verse 3, it says, well, here's the reason. Why should I do that? Why should I rejoice in the Lord like that? Well, you should know that the Lord, and again, that's his personal name, Yahweh, he is God. Or you can look down in verse 5. Why should I enter his gates? Verse 4, with thanksgiving. Verse 5, because or for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So this psalm is basically an invitation to gladness 
and Thanksgiving, and it gives you the reasons why following each time it gives you that. So that's the structure of the psalm. But I just want to take a little time now and just kind of work through this together as a meditation, as we think about our great God and who the throne that we're going to go before here. So it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. And why do we do that? Well, because you need to know something. You need to know that Yahweh, he is God. And this is the thing that has been happening all throughout the centuries, that God's people have been making known God to other people. In fact, there's a famous story. You probably know about this in first Kings and you can just hold your place there and go over there. First Kings chapter 18, where this actually happens. You have in first Kings 18, the prophets of Baal are there at Mount Carmel and Elijah is there in verse 21 in first Kings 18. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And so they choose these prophets of Baal, choose men, verse 22, verse 23, let two bulls be given to us and let them choose one bull. And they cut it up, put, laid it on the wood and put it on this, on this fire. And then verse 25, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose from yourself one bull and prepare it first for you are many and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire in it. And so they did that, verse 26, and they said, oh, Baal, answer us. And in verse 27, it says, at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he's musing or he's relieving himself or he's on a journey or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. And so in verse 28, they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of oblation, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. And so in verse 30, Elijah said to all the people, come near. And the people came near and he repaired the altar that had been thrown down. And he took 12 stones and put that up. And he says, the, um, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Israel shall be your name. And he, verse 33, put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And then he filled four jars with water and poured it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah, the prophet came near and he said, Oh Lord, God of Abraham. This is his prayer. God of Isaac and Israel. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me that this people may, may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offerings and the woods and the stones and, and the dust. And I love this phrase. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And then verse 39, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, and this is our text in Psalm 100, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Look at it in Psalm 100, verse 3. No, you need to recognize, you need to acknowledge something, all the ends of the earth, that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. And we are his. 
And Yahweh has made this nation, his covenant people, like a shepherd and sheep relationship. And the psalmist invites all people to join in. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And of course, what can happen many times as his sheep is that we can actually fall into what we call ingratitude. We know the Lord is God. We know he's made us. We know we are his. We are his sheep. And we, we, take, we might take this for granted. And we might not actually come to him in praise. We might not come to him in thanksgiving. Matthew Henry was an Anglican minister, English Presbyterian minister, excuse me, of 1662 to 1714. And he once was attacked by thieves and robbed of his purse. And he wrote these words in his diary. He said, let me be, my, let me be thankful. This is after he was robbed. He said, first, I was never robbed before. He said, second, although they took my purse, they did not take my life. And he said, third, although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. And that's the heart of a believer. It's a spirit-filled perspective on life itself. So no matter what is going on in the world today, let's recognize, let's know that the Lord, he is God. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. And so there's the second invitation in verse four, where it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And as you would expect, we have then the reasons or the cause to worship and praise him because the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generation. You know of a, a line, I'm sure, in Psalm 23, right at the end, where the word goodness and mercy, which is the same word here, steadfast love or loyal love or God's um, chesed, as you may know that word, his um, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is the confidence that the psalmist had in Psalm 23. And this is the confidence that the psalmist has here in Psalm 100. For the Lord is good, his mercy, his steadfast love, his loyal, loving kindness endures how long? Forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. So we want to be spirit-filled people who come before him and are summoned by the invitation for gladness and an invitation for thanksgiving. And the psalmist gives us reasons too. But what's profound is that this is actually a universal, a global appeal. Let all the earth do this because this has been in the heart and mind of God from the very beginning. I mean, if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, God came to Abraham and said, said to Abraham, in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. We see that God's intention of universality for his name to be praised among all peoples is right there from the beginning. Ephesians chapter two talks about being under the new covenant as one, both Gentile and Israelite. God's people. And ultimately, as Gentiles, which many of us maybe are on this call, we have all the reason to be glad. Paul writes in Romans chapter 15 that Jesus Christ 
became a servant to the circumcised. This is Romans 15, verse 8. To show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, verse 11, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. And our prayer today is that we can say, make, may all the earth make a joyful noise. And look at verse 13 of Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And today we have great hope because we are invited, we are summoned to come before the Lord as all peoples of the earth, to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts for praise, to give thanks to him and to bless his name. So let's do that, this, even this hour, as we have opportunity.